boom. That was it. Business was begun. I'm now the divine creative. I branded everything as that, and I was like, I'm rolling with this now. Attention all freelancers. Hello, and welcome to the Attention Podcast, where we dive into the raw realities of being a full-time freelancer. Join us as we navigate our own freelance adventures in the hopes of passing on some wisdom and insight to you. We're your hosts, Amelia. And I'm Taisha. Both full-time design freelancers. So without further delay, let's let's get get started. started. Oh, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us for our very first episode of the Attention Podcast. I'm Amelia Nash, and I'm joined by my ever-talented freelance buddy, Taisha Turner. Today's episode, (laughs) we're talking about Taisha. We're going to dive deep into her story, into her self as a designer, and do a full introduction so you guys can get to really know us before we start blathering on about everything that we know as freelancers. So Taisha, without further ado, can you please tell us all about yourself? I absolutely can. Okay, so where do I start? Uh, I'm Taisha, as has been noted, and I live in the UK, about an hour from London, and I'm a graduate graphic designer and social media manager. (laughs) Um, So I work with small businesses to help them grow organically online, and I'm obsessed with storytelling. I wrote my dissertation on this, and I love knowing who you are, what makes you tick, where we can go and how you can grow. And I want to get you there. Like that makes me fired up. and I want to fire you up. Um, so I'm just really passionate about working with people to build up their businesses. Cause I just think everyone's so capable of so much, but they're not going for it. And I want to be the person to light a fire up your ass and get you going. Um, I've also got a potty mouth as you may know this is a bit of a British thing, so <laughs> apologies if you're not a fan. I will try and turn it down. Um, so yeah, if you are at all interested in working with me for social media management or graphic design, working with your brand and brand strategy, you can find me on Instagram at divinecreative underscore. So starting off with my story, I will take you many many years back to sick form when I was uh how old sick form is um when you're 16 to 18 years old in the UK so I think it works a bit Mm. different in Canada and elsewhere across the world um so I'm 27 right I'm sick form (laughs) yeah so I'm 27 now so it's going back at least 10 years god feel old Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so I went to sick form and I didn't really know what I was doing. I was I was feeling kind of fired up at first. Like I've very much been an art student all my life. I did um, art all through school. I was always like part of the, like the gifted and talented gang. And I left with two double A stars, which is like the top grade. And I was so proud of that achievement. Um, and then I went to sick form and unfortunately there was a bit of an admin mix-up so my grades didn't quite get carried over in the way that we were told they would so going from a double a star student I left with a c grade which kind of Mm. kicked me in the heart a little bit I did cry in the car before going to my grandma's house that day it's uh still fresh the wounds are still fresh (laughs) yeah for sure 
but yeah I never really knew what I wanted to do and I was always told there's no money in art so this was always drilled into my head through sick form and I was told you need to take like an academic um, subject so um, at the first institution I went to I was doing psychology and in the second institution I went to I was doing history where I slug somehow through a year of russian history no idea why i did that or what purpose that was going to serve to me later in life but there we go um and my tutor like, every week would have like two at a time and she was always telling me to go to uni go to uni you're so good you can you can do it and i was like no i don't know what i do at uni i don't think i'm good enough there's no money in art as i kept being told so I left with grades I was unhappy with and I just felt a bit lost all through high school, mm. through sixth form, beyond. I've just never really known what I'm supposed to do. I, I haven't found my, hadn't found my purpose. I, like a lot of people, and I'm jealous of them. They know I want to be this. I want to be a doctor. I want to be that. And I had no idea. Um, so I kind of left and just got a job. So I worked in... Um, couple of different supermarkets some at the same time um I worked in call centers there's one call center in my town that everyone works in at least once it's like a running joke in our town like everyone works there at least once um and there was a brief moment that I was going to become a vet <laughs> I got accepted for vet school but um I couldn't actually go in the end due to some other circumstances and I was just really unhappy I was just really like unsatisfied with life and I just knew that I was meant for more like I've been brought up to be very strong and to never settle and I just wanted to have a life where I wasn't just working like any old job letting someone else be in charge of me and tell me what to do um I'm the daughter of two quite stubborn parents so I uh, I want to be the boss I want to be in charge so um, I just had to find my way and try and hopefully end up in a job that got me to a position where I could be the boss of myself. But I just had no idea how to do it, really. And mm -hmm. this is like another aside, but it's very deeply ingrained into who I am. So I suddenly became obsessed with the French language. And I was like, I'm going to learn French. It feels like it should be my mother tongue. Like I've, I feel like this weird, <laughs> there's like this weird affiliation with me. Like I just feel French and like this woman I know from um, the restaurant I used to work at, she said when she met me, she thought I was French and it's always just felt like such a part of my identity. I can't speak French that well. I'm learning, <laughs> but I've always felt it in my bones that like I'm supposed to be in France. And so I, uh, I met some friends online and did like a language exchange and I was like, I'm going to go to Paris. And I went by myself for the first time. So my parents weren't exactly happy about me going away to France by myself to meet people I'd never met before. And potentially like in hindsight, might not have been the smartest thing to do, but I, uh, I went anyway, had fun. And I was like, I love Paris. I know I'm going to be obsessed with it. So for the last six years, I've had an obsession with the place. I can't even put it lightly. Anyone that knows me knows I love the place. And I felt like it was my home. Like I went there and I felt like I knew the streets. I knew what I was doing. Like I just felt at home, like in my soul. I just felt like it's where I'm supposed to end up. So the next thing for me was to figure out how do I get to Paris? 
how do I do it? And obviously, as a native English speaker, the only rational thing in my mind was be an English teacher. And so this started a six year journey of getting experience and everything I need to move to Paris. I worked in a nursery for two years, which was interesting. It was okay though, because I, I got to work with my cousin, she's my best friend. And I mean, aside from working with 25 toddlers, which are two to three year olds <laughs> uh, every day, it was, uh, it was okay. And it got me what I needed and it was what I needed at the time. And I think that like, there's a lesson of everything, like you learn from every experience you have. So I, I'd never look back on it in anger or anything. Um, and then also to work in, in France, I would need my TEFL to teach English. So I got that qualification. And then to teach English in France, you need a degree. So the next step mm, was, I need gotcha. to go to uni. Yeah. So right. I, was, um, I was in a relationship where my ex would always be talking about his experience at uni and how amazing it was. And I was always like a little bit angsty about it. I was like, well, I don't want to fucking go to uni. I, wanna, I don't want to miss out. And it's very much part of British culture that you go to high school, you go to college, and then you go to uni. It's very ingrained mm -hmm. in us. So I felt like I'd missed out on something. And whilst I wasn't going to have the same experience as like my brother and my sister that are now at uni themselves, I, uh, I had my own experience and I was there as a mature student. But rewind, sorry. Um, it kind of came about quite randomly. I just decided I'm going to go to uni and graphic design seemed to be the course that really stood out to me. Like I'd done graphic design in sick form as well as art and graphics, uh, art and textiles. And I hadn't really loved it at that stage, but I thought, actually, I'm going to give this a go. This seems like something that is not just fine art where I'd been, it'd been drilled into me that there's no art in, in, sorry, there's no money in art. So I thought, okay, graphic design seems like a logical next step where I can use my skills and make like a decent income. And mm -hmm. so I called up the uni and I said, oh, can I speak to someone about starting uni next year? And she said, well, why don't you just start this year? And I was like, well, uni starts in only a few weeks. So is that possible? And she said, yeah, I'll get you booked in for an interview with the um, course leader. Lovely ma'am. Um, so I was like, shit, okay, so I've now got a week or so to prepare a portfolio to show to this course leader to hopefully get on this course and start my degree journey. And somehow I did it and I got accepted on the day and he said, yeah, let's go. Let's get you on the course. And within a couple of weeks, I was starting uni. So I went from working in uh, where was I? A call centre or a supermarket, wherever I was at the time. To boom, I'm a full time student mm -hmm. at uni. Um, and as an aside, like the student finance whilst work uh, living at home was delightful, and that <laughs> funded quite a few trips to Paris, um, which I probably shouldn't have done. But you know, obsessed. <laughs> you gotta live. You gotta live a little. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I wasn't wasting it like going out drinking every week like a lot of other younger students would do. So I just went to Paris at the weekend, you know, as you do. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I went to uni as a mature student um, and a, as a late starter and it was, it was good. I think working in a classroom environment again was what I needed. Like from being out of education for so long, I really felt at home there. I made friends and I learned a lot about myself and it was a hard journey though because I mean life throws us lots of obstacles and kicks us up the arse so many times. 
which I found especially in my second year, um, which was like the toughest year because I was already battling with depression and anxiety. Um, I got to quite a bad state with that as well. Uh, I then went through a breakup and moved back home. And then my mum got diagnosed with cancer. And about two weeks after that, I found my cat dying in my driveway. So within a month, my life turned upside down and... I don't know how I got through it, honestly. It was, um, it was a hard time. It was a lot. But I think I used um, my assignments at uni as a very like therapeutic tool. And with my mum being ill, and it's just it's such a shock to your sister, but you never think this sort of thing is going to happen to you until it does. And I was scared of the word cancer. Like If it came up on an advert, I'd have to mute the TV. I'd have to turn the channel over. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it because it just felt like bad luck I was like okay this isn't healthy how do I move through this now so I used my work to heal from it basically and I did a whole assignment on Cancer Research UK and I used my mum's scars as inspiration for some of my work Um, I also had to make an illustrated book at one point um, and I used that to talk about my depression and anxiety and everything that would go through my head like my agoraphobia however you say that word um, social anxiety, everything about how dark it got, but then how much better it got in the end as well. And I think I'm really blessed really that I had that experience and um, the opportunity to get through it that way. Because if I'd just been working in a supermarket, I'd have no outlet to heal from this stuff. But mm-hmm. to be in university and like have the support I had from lecturers and um, and friends and everything during that time, I don't know if I would have got through it any other way. So that was really helpful really um mm-hmm. and then third year came and dissertation came and that's just the dreaded year for everyone um but again I learned a lot and this is when I found my passion for storytelling which I use a lot in my work and I just love getting to the roots of a brand like who you are why you're doing what you're doing and how we can use this to attract your ideal audience so Eventually, I graduated with a 2-1, so not exactly the highest grade, but it was what I wanted because along the line, I had this thought that, okay, if I'm going to do a master's, I'm going to go to Sciences Po in Paris and do a master's in communication, and I needed a 2-1 to get on that course. And Mm. I think that a few days before we got our grades, I worked out that I thought I was going to get a 2-2. And I had to wait Mm. to get one more result. And I was absolutely shitting myself. I was like, I need this grade. My tutor knew I need this grade. And then I got it. And I was so happy. And he emailed me because he was like, I really wanted to tell you that you had the grade and I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Everything worked out fine in the end. Um, So yeah, like during uni, I was working in hospitality. And, you know, it served its purpose when you're there like it's a part-time job it's got money coming in while I'm doing my studies but once you graduate and you have the ability to earn more money and you know everything's um you just I don't want to sound big-headed but I just felt like I was too good to work for minimum wage cleaning toilets Mm. and serving food so Mm. I knew I just meant for more and I didn't want to settle to be there anymore um in November 2019, I also then tried to move to Paris to be an au pair, which 
that didn't work out either. Because now that you have your degree, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like everything I, it didn't I tried, work out. No, I kept trying to like get to this bloody city and everything that I tried was like, nope, another door shut in the face and I was like, okay, I'll try and be an au pair. And I got there and it was a disaster, basically. <laughs> so I left after mm. two weeks and came home and then COVID hit so I was on furlough mm-hmm. from the restaurant and I really got a chance to slow down because my life was just hectic, like getting up every day, going to work, coming home, trying to move to Paris, coming home, going back to work again. It's just the same cycle over and over again. And it, when everything's shut down, it's like, okay, cool. I'm getting paid to be at home. I've got a chance to breathe. Now what do I do? I don't want to go back there. So what do I do? So I was like, I'm going to be a freelance designer. And mm-hmm. I tried to make the name Taisha Turner work as a, as a business name. It didn't. And I've still got like a website floating around somewhere, possibly. Please don't look for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, also during this time, so I'm like all over the place with this story, but everything's got a purpose. During this time of like the lockdown and slowing down and being able to breathe, I found spirituality and it started off with a couple of crystals like a citrine and an amethyst that turned into a deep obsession and a lot of my money has now gone to crystals. Um, but I, I was in the shower one day and the name Divine Creative just popped into my head and boom, that was it business was begun I'm now the divine creative I branded everything as that and I was like I'm rolling with this now and uh yes that's kind of how I got to being where I am today long story short obviously (laughs) Um, nice yeah and I think like I've been quite lucky that I had some like random opportunities come my way which evolved into me being able to get to where I am now I had a mentorship opportunity which brought me in some a lot of work a lot of paid work and a lot of experience that made me able to grow my portfolio and business experience and how to work with clients and all that kind of thing and um, I was really lucky to meet this woman Charlene who we were actually doing a service exchange at first and she then launched her own agency and she's now got me on board and I do copywriting for her as well. And we work for um, a business called Beauty Boss. And I'm a copywriter for them as well now independently. Where somehow I've ended up as being a featured writer in the world's biggest nail magazine, Scratch Magazine. <laughs> which is absolutely insane. So I don't know how, well obviously I've just said how, but how I got from possibly becoming a vet working in a call center and supermarkets and the whole world journey to now being like an actual copywriter social media manager graphic designer it's it's mad but Mm -hmm. i made it and here we are you made it here we are telling about our experiences so we're in 2020 now and where when did you start freelancing full-time from may this year Nice. So my business is like six or so months young. Nice. Uh, I've learned so much in short in such a short space of time because I'm obviously when the lockdown lifted, I did one shift back at the restaurant I worked at, and I was like, nah, 
I'm not doing this again. I'm out. I'm, I felt like a completely dis- different person. I feel like a different person right now. So I was out and um, yeah, handed in my notice. And my boss was like, when do you want to finish? And I said, yesterday. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I really committed myself to being a freelancer and just threw myself mm-hmm. in both feet first. And I landed on my feet, luckily. Nice. And all your prior experiences led you to that moment where you were able to decide, yeah, I'm going to be a freelance designer. Yeah. And it's mad. Like, obviously, my story is all over the place and pretty mad. And there's a lot of ins and outs and different aspects that don't seem to make sense at the time. And they didn't while I was Mm. living it either. But it was ultimately to get me to Paris, which ultimately got me here. Because, like, I knew that if I'm going to get to this city, I can't be working for someone else and looking after kids. That's not me. Like, honestly. Um, and I yeah. need to work for myself. Like, working in a restaurant and you've got people above you telling you what to do. It just wasn't me. Like, I need to make decisions for myself. I need to be the boss. It's terrifying. And I'm scared every day of doing the wrong thing. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for, like, sharing your whirlwind story holy smokes of <laughs> everywhere you've been and how you ended up to this point and all the cool things you're doing now as a full-time nuts. freelancer nuts totally nuts <laughs> uh let's talk about some like key takeaways now that have kind of cropped up during your story i was taking some notes and stuff and some of the big things that kind of stood out to me was you know the the wake up call moment right that moment where you're <laughs> like this is not for me. This is what I need to do. And that shift happened for you when you were working at the restaurant and COVID happened and you went back for like one shift and you're like, nah, like wake up call. I need to do this instead. I need to be a full-time freelancer instead. What do you think contributes to that wake up call? Like what should people be aware of when they're maybe in search of their own wake up call? if they're looking to be a full-time freelancer or even looking to start freelancing, what do you think is the most critical point to discovering your wake up call? I think it's just listening to your gut. Like Hmm. it might start off as a little niggle of, Oh, I don't really like my job. I'm not really happy. But if it, if it spirals out of control where it's no longer just a little niggle, it's an everyday upset. You're dreading going to work. You can't get up in the morning even if you start to get depression or suffer from other mental health issues, it's important to recognize what is and isn't working for you. And if that job isn't it, you need to leave for your sanity, for your mental health. Like you are made for more than working minimum wage somewhere or to be stuck in a nine to five that you're not happy with. You need to just do it. Nice. That looks like a perfect segue into my next point. Cause the next point that I had written down was don't settle which I think is a beautiful, yeah, which is a beautiful, beautiful moment for that, where when you feel like you're settling and you have that, as you put it, niggle, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I don't, we, you know, butterflies or whatever in our tummies, right. Where you have those moments and those, those thoughts in your head where you're, you're just totally unhappy. Don't settle, pay attention to your gut and move out of it. Yeah. When do you think is the, mm, mm -hmm. yeah. You've got one life. So be happy while you're living it. Totally. Totally. So some people I think experience that wake up call earlier in their journey, maybe later in their journey, maybe they they don't experience it ever to the same degree I think that you did. But when someone is experiencing this this inner voice and this this 
fear of settling and this wake up call moment, when do you think is the right time to start freelancing? There isn't a right time, honestly. You just have to go for it. Because if you keep waiting for the right moment or to have the right sign or whatever you believe in, you're never going to get on with it. Because, I mean, like I feel like we've been quite similar in that we were like, oh, we'll wait for our website to be ready. We'll be ready for, wait for our Instagram to be ready. I need to wait for me to be ready, my finances to be ready. Mm. And if you keep waiting, you're never going to go for it. You just have to be brave and know it's going to work out. Obviously, this year has been so unpredictable and insane. And hopefully the next will be better. But you just need to be brave (laughs) and just go for it. Just fucking go for it. Totally. Totally. And I think part of that leading off of that as well is something else you said where everything has a purpose. Yeah. Right? Like you wouldn't necessarily be where you are right now if you hadn't gone through all of the other... (laughs) (laughs) if you hadn't gone through hell yeah if you hadn't gone through all your other experiences and and even grown and matured um personally as well right where you started off feeling like you weren't good enough in art yeah which ultimately led you not to go to uni right away because you didn't think you were good enough right so I think experiencing even that journey in itself was a total purposeful moment for you to get to where you are today so that's incredible yeah, I mean, even if I'd gone to uni straight from sick form, I wouldn't have had the journey I've had now. I might not even know you right now. I don't know where I'd be, but I had to go through all those hardships and obsessions and obstacles to get to where I am today and to be the person I am now. And that's one reason why I couldn't go back to the restaurant. I'm not that me anymore. I'm not me from a year mm-hmm. ago, six months ago. I'm a new person. I'm a businesswoman. I'm a, a freelancer. I'm independent. I work for myself. I'm the boss. And that's me. Woo! Yes! <laughs> chills love it oh so good yeah well thank you again so much for sharing so openly and candidly your story and hopefully anyone out there listening right now will have some solace in that and be like okay listen to how much of a roller coaster that journey was (laughs) and it's okay that I'm not on track it's okay that I'm not necessarily where I think I need to be or where I think I should be like everything has a purpose don't settle if it doesn't feel right for you. Pay attention to your inner wake-up call and know that the right time to freelance is when it's the right time for you. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us today and have a beautiful day. Have a wonderful life. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Is your brand struggling to create impact with your audience? Are you in need of a solid brand strategy for your business? Connect with me at ameliannashdesign.com. If you're in need of a brand or social strategy that allows you to connect with your audience and grow organically on social media, then you can find me at divinecreative.co.uk. Did you know that you can also engage with us on Instagram? Myself at Amelia Nash Design and Taisha at Divine Creative underscore. And check out our Attention Podcast profile on Instagram too, at Attention Podcast. That's A-T-T-N Podcast, where we share recent episode clips, new episode releases, and other raw reality bits. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a like and a review on whichever podcast platform you're using, as this helps others like you find us. Do you have any questions for us? Want us to touch on a specific topic? Please email us at attentionpodcast. That's A-T-T-N podcast at gmail.com. Remember, pay attention and stay safe out there. 
Until next time. Bye. Bye.